Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for Friday, December 2nd, as the Flyers coming off a 4-1 defeat at the hands of the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning looked like the two-time cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning last night at Wells Fargo Center. At play in the second period by the Lightning was unbelievable. Pretty even first period. Only one goal came out of the first. It came on the power play when Nick Paul picked up the power play goal on a great feed from behind the net from Corey Perry, who has a right shot on the the left side of the net, if you're looking at the net, creeping, creeping behind, and eventually shooting the puck out to Nick Paul on the short side. But just as he went far enough where Carter Hart begins to lose the player out of his peripheral vision looking behind the net and starts to go to the left side post. And as soon as he does that, Corey Perry throws it out to the right side. Now Hart's got to come off the left post, get back over. Very difficult save and uh, no coverage there. Nick, Nick Paul there puts it in past Carter Hart, gives Tampa the one goal lead. And that's how we'd end the first period. Then in the second period, this is where Tampa asserted a lot of dominance and showed clearly the the gap in talent uh, that they can put on the ice versus the Flyers at this time. And there was a shift in the first five minutes of the period where Rasmus Ristolainen and Ivan Provorov were stuck on the ice for north of four minutes. Now, Torts talked about it postgame. They didn't get hurt by the shift. In other words, they didn't get scored on during the shift. But an incredible amount of time in the D zone. They got it out of the zone a couple times, but were unable to get any pucks down the ice for a change. And in the second period, you have the long change. But Tampa just dominating the puck in that first five minutes. Only ended up with one shot on goal to that whole exchange. But it was the territorial advantage. And Tort said after the game, he didn't think that his team ever got its legs back under him after that point. That was a dominant shift. And it's one of those that, can grab a hockey game and steal your soul in a way. And eventually at 7.55 of the period, Nick Paul picks up his second of the game, 11th of the season. Tampa goes up 2-0. And then in the final four seconds of the period, uh, Ross Colton ends up picking up another goal. Flyers go down 3-0 and they head to the third, down 3-0. Then at 9.19 of the third, Ian Cole picks up a goal uh, to make it 4-0. He dumps a puck in off the end boards that's kind of rolling and it just jumps off the boards right into uh, Carter's right skate as he's going into a post integration and basically hits off his just above his skate and ends up in the back of the net. He couldn't believe it. I mean, those goals happen to every goalie. And if it's going to happen, you go, it might as well happen in a game that you're already trailing 3 nothing to make it 4 nothing. a game that's pretty much been determined. That way, it kind of mitigates the damage that it's done. But, I mean, for the goaltender, for Hart, it's it's embarrassing <laughs> when you let in a goal like that. <clears throat> he, he made a ton of great saves, some of which he had no business making in this hockey game. But that will be the one that a lot of fans remember, and that'll be the one that Carter Hart remembers as well. And it... Again, it happens to every goaltender. You let in goals like that. I remember when Steve Mason let in the one from the far blue line against Washington in the playoffs, I think in 2014. 
that's the goal that everybody remembers about those playoffs. Not any of the great saves that he made in that first-round matchup against the Caps, but the goal he let in from the far blue line on a dump-in. Again, it happens, and if it's going to happen, you'd much rather it happen in a game like last night where it was already determined uh, the outcome, and you probably don't want it to happen in a playoff game, but it happened. Uh, Travis Konechny picked up the lone flyer goal. Flyers did have good shot volume in the third period, 11 shots. They went into the third period with only 11 shots, two shots on goal on five attempts in the second period. It just shows you how dominant Tampa was in that period. But uh, Tony D'Angelo has the puck along the blue line, is able to wire one across as he's falling uh, across the ice, across the blue line to Travis Sanheim, who makes a great east-west feed to Travis Konechny, who gathers and beats Andre Vasilevsky. And that's your final score, eight, four to one final from Wells Fargo Center. Flyers uh, end up getting outshot 27-22. Uh, they got dominated in the faceoff circle, 30-16. to Tampa doing what a lot of teams have done to the Flyers and really beat them up in the draw. 29-18 were the hits, and each team had three power plays. And the Flyers will get back at it. Doesn't get any easier on Saturday. The New Jersey Devils coming in. I think if they've won 15 of their last 16. Also a team that the Flyers beat very early on in the season. First game of the season for the Flyers and the Devils. That was a 5-2 win. And uh, they'll see if they can uh, get one against Jersey again. Um, you know, the Devils are a team that, you know, looked like they were going to struggle a little bit out of the gate, but really got their legs under them. And they've been unbelievable to win 15 out of 16 games. They won 13 straight, lost one, and have now won three straight games again. So a team that uh, is certainly one of the top teams, not only in the NHL, but obviously in the Metropolitan Division. And we'll see them coming up on Saturday night at Wells Fargo Center. Then Monday, it's going to be the Colorado Avalanche, the Cup champions with Nathan McKinnon and uh, Kale McCarr and all the stars they have. And then they'll wrap up the five-game homestand coming up uh, on Wednesday against the Washington Capitals, who the Flyers just lost in overtime to a few games ago, 3-2 uh, to two in D.C. when the uh, league goal in that game uh, got things tied up, and then eventually Alexander Ovechkin scored in overtime. So Flyers, uh, like I said, will be back on Saturday. We'll preview that in tomorrow's episode. We're going to get to a listener email coming up in a second. But first, one thing I want to get to, John Tortorella uh, met with the media yesterday, as did Chuck Fletcher. Both met with the media. Chuck Fletcher gave some injury updates. Uh, James Van Riemsdyk, I believe, yesterday had a meeting with the surgeon that performed the surgery on his hand, so he might be about a week away if the prognosis is good based on his visit, follow-up visit after his surgery. Uh, also, obviously, the Flyers got D'Angelo back last night and Travis Konechny, and they also got Scott Lawton back on Tuesday, so they're getting a little healthier. Cam Atkinson kind of hoping he was going to be in the lineup last night, but maybe Saturday he's getting closer. It's definitely closer, obviously, than he's ever been this entire season. So perhaps Cam Atkinson gets back for the game on Saturday, or if not, maybe Monday uh, against Colorado. And he's an important player, I think, for the Flyers to get back, not only for what he brings on the ice, just from a leadership standpoint, but also his game and the fact that the Flyers – right now are the lowest scoring team in the NHL. I mean, when you look at the New Jersey Devils and the Philadelphia Flyers, played the same amount of games, the Devils have scored 33 more goals. We're only at the quarter mark of the season, and they've got 33 more goals than the Flyers have scored. So Flyers less than two and a half goals per game. Again, only one last night. Got the win the other night, 3-1. One of those is an empty netter. 
they just have not been able to put the puck in the net. So getting a guy back like Cam Atkinson who can score is certainly would be a good thing as well. Uh, we'll have to see about Wade Allison. So team is getting a bit healthier. Um, also, Chuck Fletcher confirming that Ryan Ellis will not play this year. I think that was probably um, one of the least breaking news stories that you've ever heard. I, I think we all kind of knew that, but uh, he gave confirmation to that. And But it was interesting because Torts met with the media, and he reiterated something that I've kind of been talking about, about what he was expecting when he took this job. And he's a guy that we get to talk to him as broadcasters before every game. Uh, so myself, Tim Saunders, Jim Jackson, and Keith Jones, we meet with John Tortorella before games, and we have discussion about, you know, what's the lineup going to be? We talk about some things with the team, some maybe the matchup. Although Torts, we don't spend a whole lot on the matchup. He's more worried about his team than the opponent especially at this point in this iteration of the team and how they're building it. Um, but, you know, we get some great insights, some stuff of which lends context to things that I can talk about here, some stuff that will never be talked about on here or publicly. Um, but we get a lot of context and a lot of great conversation. And, you know, one of the things that we've talked about with Torts is about teaching, and he loves this teaching element and building this from the ground up. A lot of people seem to think, Oh, this is losing's going to be killing him, and it is to some to some extent because he's a competitor. But some people have said, "Well, I mean, he's he's going to go. I'm, this is not what I expected," and walk out. That that's not the case at all. He is showing more video, doing more teaching than he's ever done before, and that's the thing that he likes to do. He's a guy that likes to teach the mind and coach the mind, and he has good assistants and Rocky Thompson and Brad Shaw to teach the skills and the structure and the habits and all those things. And coaching the mind is coaching the habits as well. But in those conversations that we get to have before games with Torts and it is media availabilities, and I think he's had two unbelievable and unbelievably transparent media availabilities this week. Mondays I thought was fantastic, which we played here on the podcast. And I'll just encourage you right now to go out on the Flyers' YouTube channel and look at Torts' availability from 12-1 pregame, so yesterday before the game, and some of the things that he had to say. And I don't think there's any delusions of grandeur. Now, he says you can call it whatever you want. You can call it a rebuild. I'm not into terms. But basically what Torts is saying is that we've got to build this thing, and we've got to build it the right way. And just because you're in the midst of some pain – or a bad stretch, don't abandon doing what's right. Commit to it, suffer through it, because it's not going to be easy. And he said, there is going to be more pain. It's kind of what Mike Babcock said in Toronto when he first got the gig there was, there's going to be pain over the next couple of years. It's To do this right, there's going to be some pain. And there is pain. And Torts kind of reiterated that same thing, that to do this and do it properly is going to take you know, some suffering and some nights like last night where you're going to face a team and you're going to be outclassed. I mean, they were outclassed by the Tampa Bay Lightning. There's no shame in admitting that right now. And there's a lot to figure out between now and the 40-game mark and the 60-game mark and this full 82 of this season and then the offseason about who, again, is part of the solution to move forward 
and maybe who's just not going to be a Flyers player. And there's a, you know, for some players, there's a lot of time to figure that out. For other players, there's not as much time. Kiefer Bellows was waived yesterday. He was getting some ice time and he was doing some good things. And I, I believe that the team hopes that he'll clear waivers and go down to the Phantoms and they can continue to work with him. Uh, they had to make a decision on somebody to send to the Phantoms to activate Travis Konechny. It was Kiefer Bellows. So we'll see if he clears coming up today. Uh, but, you know, they saw some things in his game. There's some things in his game that he clearly still needs to work on. A lot of that has to do with his skating. But there's going to be pain. And there's going to be things in, sometimes in games. And this is weird to say because I'm not a moral victory guy. There's going to be games where you, you watch it and, yeah, the score might be lopsided. And you might have to go, hey, you just have to take what some good things out of those games for the long haul. And, again, as everybody knows, I'm not a – tear it down to the studs and rebuild guy. That that takes a long time, and you have to be in a position to also be able to do that. I don't know that the team's in that position because of some of the contracts and commitments they have to players. So, you know, this this season, there could be, and Tort said it in his postgame last night, there could be more games like the Tampa Bay Lightning game. There could be. There may, There will be. There could be multiple games like that where they're just outclassed, you know, but you hope that the team is starting to chart a course in the right direction and figuring out who's who and players start to figure out who's who and recognize that this is moving forward. And like I said in yesterday's episode, I hope we get to that point where we all get that flutter in our belly. We go, I think we're moving in the right direction. But really what I meant to say all that, the reason I say all that is Obviously, I was a guy that was in favor of hiring John Tortorella before any coach candidates were even mentioned. I thought it was a good fit. You know, I thought Barry Trotz, obviously a great coach, was a good fit as well. But Tortorella is a guy that I think is the right guy at the right time for this organization. And I I think he's a teacher and a builder. The notion that he's a guy that comes in and is just going to get a team over the top because he gets more out of a team than a lot of other coaches could by driving hard. I don't think that's been the case in most of his career. So I thought he was the right guy. But in the hearing these press conferences like Monday and yesterday and hearing my conversations with Torts that we have as broadcasters or whenever I get a chance to speak to him, I am as resolute as ever, that he is the right man for this job, to challenge everything, to raise not only the standard of his hockey players, but everything and every element of hockey operations. I feel that with a ton of conviction. So what I ask you, the Flyer fans here tonight, and this is something I want to discuss on Monday's episode with Bill, is do you do you feel that conviction getting stronger regarding John Tortorella? Is it weakening? Is it the same? I mean, everybody comes to this from a, a different perspective when Torts was hired. Some of us loved it. Some of us hated it. And there's all levels in between. But whatever level you were on when he was hired, where has it gone since then? Has it gone up? Has it gone down? Has it stayed the same? 
Did you love him then, but yeah, maybe you're not feeling it as much now? Or did you not like the hire, but you're kind of going, yeah, he's kind of, he's kind of winning me over. Some people I know that didn't like the hire have said to me, he's really won me over. He is the right guy at this time. So where are people, you know, just through 25% of the season, where are you on torts? And in hearing, not only just, it's not about, again, the team's win-loss record. It's about the message and what we know to be true about torts is that accountability is not just a buzzword for torts. Accountability is a reality for torts. So where are you right now on John Tortorella? Where did it start? And where are you now? You can always DM me on Twitter at Jason Mert. You can always shoot me an email, jason.mertitus, M-Y-R-T-E-T-U-S, at gmail.com. And we'll get to a bunch of those because I want to talk about torts. And again, if you didn't see that press conference yesterday or the one on Monday, go check them out on the Flyers' YouTube page. I think they are very well worth the listen. I, it's It's bizarre. Like, sometimes I think... I mean, you have people that, and it's not why I like torts, is that we're like-minded in approach. But a lot of his beliefs are things that I believed. And I didn't know the details of a lot of his beliefs before he got here. But they're things that I've talked about a ton, like momentum. Like he talked about momentum last night. And I talk about momentum in-game all the time about getting it, trying to get it. When you lose it, trying to get it back, how you get it back. I I never realized that we thought the game the same way. Does that make me like him more? Probably, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Probably does. We think of things the same way, and we believe we have the same belief structure on the right way to play this game. There's There's statistical hockey, and then there's winning hockey. And I'd rather have winning hockey players than statistical hockey players. Just the way I feel about it. So let me your thoughts on that. Again, you can uh, DM me or email me at jason.mertitas at gmail.com. And we shall talk to you tomorrow. We'll preview Flyers-Devils, second game of the season between these two teams. Can the Flyers take a second win over the Devils? They won on opening night 5-2. to two. We'll see if they can get a win tomorrow. We'll preview that game in tomorrow's brand new episode of Flyers Daily. Enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your Friday.